Pamela Cook, host and producer of the Rights for Women podcast. And I'm Claudine Tonellis from Talking Aussie Books. We've joined forces to bring you a series of exciting interviews from the recent Romance Writers of Australia conference in Fremantle. Chatting with authors whose work ranges from historical and contemporary fiction, crime and rural romance, rom-coms and domestic thrillers. We wanted to know what being part of an organisation like the RWA meant to each of them. And the impact it had on their respective journeys to publication. We had a blast chatting to these brilliant women and can't wait to share the results. So tune in to Rights for Women and Talking Aussie Books over the next eight weeks for these fabulous episodes. Happy listening. Hi everyone, Pam here. Welcome to this very special episode of Rights for Women, the first in the series that's coming to you from the Romance Writers of Australia conference. This podcast was recorded at the Esplanade Hotel, where the conference was held on the unceded lands of the Wadjuk people. You may notice there is a little bit of uh, sound quality problem in this podcast. We were recording just into the computer using a handheld microphone, so it may not be the same quality as you're used to from the, the rest of the Rights for Women podcasts, but hopefully you'll still enjoy what you hear and I think you'll find th- some of the things that Ray and Amy have to say about writing and about the world of writing romance very interesting. Hope you enjoyed this chat with Ray and Amy. Amy Andrews and Ray Kent, welcome to the Rights for Women and Talking Aussie Books RWA Green Room. Thanks for having us. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Thank you for joining us for this little chat. So we're going to launch straight into the question because we have quite a few to get through and we're going to do rapid fire Q&A. So to start with, can you give us your elevator bio, Amy? Yeah, contemporary romance, that's actually guaranteed. Love it. I write crime with heart, thrillers about ordinary people thrown into extraordinary circumstances. Fabulous. I'll throw this one at you first. What impact has being a member of RWA had on your writing career and coming to the conference? I think even though I'm a thriller writer, I get so much out of conferences, but the main thing for me has been the community. It was the first community that really took me in and helped me along and taught me things and the workshops were incredible. And even though it sounds like they'd be aimed at romance, I think they are good for everyone across all genres and the people are incredible. Yeah. And that's, to be honest, the highlight for me are the people of the art of Yeah, mind. yeah. It's it's a good balance, you know, coming and catching up with people, yeah. and doing all that sort of stuff, but then also learning a few new skills along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 How about you, Annie? I would be published at RWA when I first joined. I was unpublished and I was probably 10 years through the conferences and being off well, RWA before I got my first contract. So everything I loads back from it, trying to the way, came from RWA and one way or the other. And the conference was just a little little cherry on the cake every year to meet with people, network with people. Networking is incredible. Yeah. They taught me how to be a writer, really. So how many years would you have been coming for, would you say? I have been coming for, I did a tele app a little while ago. I think, still, this is our third year. I think I've been to like 25 conferences. I've been to like most conferences. So That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. coming back. Definitely. <laughs> I suppose in the last few years, we've not been able to really go anywhere or meet with people, but it's such a uh, kind of solo thing, writing in the Yes, you can meet, you have people online that you talk to and you have social media, but actually coming face to face with people is to, it's not like we go out to them every day to work, to a, Staff room or whatever, blah. So this is where I think 
Intensive. I know Sisters in Crime has, where you're a crime runner, do they have a conference? It happens in Melbourne, but I don't know that it's a regular conference mm. with the same kind of level. Of, mm. And I know they're trying to, they've opened up a New South Wales chapter because I'm from Sydney, but it's just getting established. Mm. Yeah, and there's festivals and stuff, but actual conference, yeah, yeah, I don't, there hasn't been as many op- opportunities. There's job recall. Yeah, um, yeah, in Brisbane every year now. So there's, there's that, that's quite Yeah, and there's a historical one. Yeah, there is historical. So there's a few one. Yeah. Yeah. A nice regular one, which is always good. What would you say is the biggest misconception about the romance genre or about romance authors? And you will shoot to you on that one first, because as a fairly strict romance author, yeah. you know, um, I think just that attrition is the main thing that to prime my gears most of the time. Most of my people who have never read one, they're just mm-hmm. more infuriating than anything else. But they are having trash, trash for the trashy books, but actually we did get a bit more emailized that there's no real basis for that at all. So yeah, that's really frustrating for me. And I go through periods where it's so frustrating and I get cranky about it and I'll make with about it with people that I'm sort of especially from just random people who make for a rifle or just receive games because it works so I'm never going to change words and I think that's the thing as well just sometimes you're never going to change people's minds and let me think that yeah. and I think maybe also there's a degree of depending on where criticism comes from that romance writer romance also can make a decent amount of money where a lot of writers are there is can't necessarily be average ratio also this rate is just be ten thousand dollars a year or something like that. Now, obviously, there's so much writers out there making that less, and there's zero to is making uh, much more. But I think it's the fact that we make that trash that really, you know, <laughs> and also, sorry, now I'm rambling on. It's also a real when you some people say that because that, that they're actually not just insulting women as writers, which is horrible. Mm. They thought say that to your face, and they do. That can fall into romance readers as well. The people who we read books. It's books and I'm going. Have you had any sort of? We were talking about this last night. Is it on Goodreads and things like that. People that come back over and over again and read a certain author's books that preface each one with saying, "Well, I really don't like this author. I really don't like the yeah. genre." But keep reading the books. Have you had that in your? Yeah, people who will consistently give you views because they don't like your books and say, and the views, but they still will read the next one. Yeah, it's actually mm. And I spend a lot of time on I me. Mean, but also for my reader. And I think it's very tempting to think when you're reading, because I'm somebody who reads your reviews. Say you should read your reviews. I totally agree with that. You can't. Because I think you should not. But I, my ego's reasonably robust enough to be able to read it and take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes I want to dig the walls, but that's okay. <laughs> but it's just, I'm aware of thought now, but it's just, you know, yeah. <laughs> go and read a genre you do. Yeah, plug you out there. Yeah, that's right. And you go, I'll just the Gap have a review and I'll go and I'll look at the what books they say that they haven't said they like. None of them are in it. They're all like high science fiction or high fantasy or they like books. And what do you even go oh, there in your wheelhouse anyway? But there was something. That's right. That's right. What about you, Ray? You write crime. There is a romantic element to your writing. Yeah, but how have you come across this? Any sort of misconceptions about romance, or had any comments about the romance in your books? Yeah, look, I, 
I definitely have a sign that a lot of people actually respond to the romance. Look, Jack Reacher has romance in it, okay? But because male has written it, <laughs> it gets perceived in a different way. Michael Robotham yeah. has romance in yeah. his. I think that the romance is in across most genres because you know what romance is? It's just a part of relationship. That's, yeah. And that's what I think the misconception about romance is. I get it. We go to the romance writers here and I'm like, because. They write really well about relationships yeah. and I learn so much from them. And it isn't about just about sex, which I think is what people do mm-hmm. to assume. It's actually about, yeah, people and how uh, an aspect of relationships, but more than that, like different layers of mm. relationships. And I think it goes across all channels. Yeah, and stories are available. The story is about relationships. Like if there is a relationship in that story, I know even as a, even as a kid, to be like ever watching the Star Wars version, like but you know, the fact that number one was number one, but now it's number whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> and even in that, so I was always every story when reading a crime, I'm looking for the romance look because already I'm sort of plus always because there are people in those stories. There's people where there are people. There's always sort of be relating whether they be. Whether they be romantic relationships or just French relationships or the familial relationships, <laughs> enemies, yeah, yeah. Like, all about relationships. And I always, I'm always trying to sort out. I didn't care about the Dead Star and Stall Troopers. And I was like, where's, what's happening with Tyler Leia? Yeah. Always. I was always picking up. And what's the deal with Luke and Leia? Very And then I remember watching the Coast Simpsons New York when I was a kid. I was like, yeah. I was originally in black and white, and then it got really fancy and got colour. And I was like in primary school. I would have been like six or seven or eight. And I couldn't really articulate it, but I the texture between those two, and I look back now, was absolutely incredible. And that's what I really vibed on. That mm-hmm. whole, it wasn't there was a funny dog and a captain made things to get off the nose. It was their relationship was captivating. Yeah. Yeah. Even back in your, when your childhood, like you, yeah. you didn't really know what it was, but it was something about the yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was the dream. That was mm. really, yeah, so tangible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's great. What would be your, you can choose any of these or none of them as you wish. What would be your funniest? Most embarrassing or most memorable moment as an author, right? Well, that's right. That you said. Okay. Most memorable would be the first time another author reacted to my work. I'd done it at a workshop at Sydney Writers Festival and the man who ran it, Mouth Lamprell, I pitched my book to him. And the next day, he jumped off the stage when he saw me in the audience and ran over and gave me his card and said, I want to read your book. Here's my, and I was like, that, okay. Now I'm motivated. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty memorable. And then just being shortlisted for the Kelly's definitely just changed the course of my mm. whole career. I got mm. a, book, a, a two book contract from it. Yeah. Embarrassing. I went with a number of different friends to one particular author's events. And after about the fourth one, it was Michael Robotham. I think he thought I was stalking him. <laughs> Mortified. I was actually like, no, no, I'm, I'm here with them. It's very embarrassing. I think you might be blushing. To- <laughs> I know, I was mortified. <laughs> How about you, Anne? Been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of embarrassing moments. On like personal kind of author level where when I, I got it to come up, I do want, <laughs> it would just kind of 
Plymouth School. And I was bitching about an email to my friend. And I said, I'm just like, the email's late. Oh, no. I know. That was, oh. And one of the really memorable moments that happened at a rival class story called group. It was a cocktail party. It was quite piteous. I don't know where it was. I don't remember which one it was. No, I don't think so. And the cocktail party was seen was E, I think. And Fiona, that's just on the corner of Corona Warden and Zero. She threw herself as on what comes as the devil of the day. Oh, wow. I know. I was like, she had a little bit of that little star thing on the back. I was like, I'm going to put camera I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so that was really amazing. That's amazing. Okay, biggest author crush and why, right? Including Michael Redbond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> Solari Gentile at the moment. Okay. I uh, spent a bit of time with her uh, a little while ago. She's just so, well, one, she's so clever. She, she's 15 thriller books under a belt, but she really pushes the boundaries of the genre. So her most recent book is Metafiction. And she, she writes about a book inside a book. Yeah. And oh. and the audience is kind of, the reader is in on the, the the fact that it's a book. That's what metafiction is apparently. Oh. I might have got that quite a little wrong. Yeah. But she's just really intelligent in her writing. But beyond that, even with all that she's done, she is so generous and kind to other authors. Mm. And that is something I really aspire to. She believes in paying it forward and she's just inspirational. Oh, really good humour. I had her in podcast recently. She's lovely. Yeah. 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 How about you, Lenny? What's the question? Older author question. I had it for a while. I've never looked at it before. No. Yes. Again and again. In fact, I have a huge old person on Jen Cruzy. She, I uh, met Jennifer, no Jennifer now, but when I, I grew up reading romance, I got really like very English based, like Harlequin, Mills and Boone presents Charles Rumors, the Charlotte Lambs and those, that kind of, so it was all very, I didn't know there were other kinds of romance novels really out there. I was like modeling all that, that kind of section of the market. And then somebody gave me getting rid of Bradley, went to the Bruzy. So I'm going to give it back. I like that. <laughs> Sure would be. And it, it's, it blew my, it's a silhouette where I met the video. Blew my brain. I was like, oh my God, romance can be like that. Yeah. It can be funny and snuffy and it, it can be this sort of irreverence. It can I just completely, at suddenly I was like, I want to write like that and write that and write. Right. Almost like I found my voice with her. She gave me permission to find my voice. Yeah. And I've read all the books and loved them and met her and. And my books are my hair. And so that's been a very long impression. Me. No, I had a heck of an impact. You know, yeah. If you found your voice through it. It's yeah, that's right. And I think maybe I might be done at Hamilton. Okay. Oh, I like it. <laughs> uh, really, essentially. Is that a character crush? Or? <laughs> I've just, and I think it's very late. Uh, late night. Yeah. And I actually saw an audio book. Oh, okay. But I just remember, but I, so I wrote an audio book over what was Outlander, the first book. Yeah. And because I was trying to sort of go for a walk every day, and I thought, oh, I'll download this audio app thing and I'll listen to that. And that might make me just walk. And it did, because all done, I'll be like writing, <gasps> it's going for a walk. I'm very straight in street. And I would put my earphones in and I was suddenly just transported into Scotland in 1742, whatever it was. And it, well, I was just, Swept away by so, a great way to exercise. 
Yeah. What do you do to develop your skills as a writer? I jump into every opportunity I possibly can, talk to as many authors as I can, do courses, listen to podcasts, read books, come to conference, read across all genres, not just my own, because I feel I often learn more, you know, not me a lot, but I learn mm. a lot reading outside and read a lot of nonfiction as mm. well, because for me it's, Again, all about character and psychology, and so I find that really interesting. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, taking on board as much as I can from other people. And I think pretty much said it all. Really, yeah. that's right. Reedy is sorry. People from Africa are like, let's say, read, and they go, <laughs> "It's simple, but it's so true." You meet people that oh, we haven't been around all day, and look at what do you read. Oh, I don't really read. That's what they talk. All right, we'll put like that. <laughs> Uh, I always find that so bizarre. And teaching yeah. and, and people have come into classes go, oh, no, I don't know anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you learn so much, much about reading. I was already with your own writing. Mm. It's just really incredible. Competence is great to me. Like, I've been to many conferences and I've got a lot of books published, but I can still walk into a, into a, I did have Fiona Lowe. I did do a Fiona Lowe, um, I think a conference, which is really a cool college, I think, or I can't remember what it was. But I think I was on community at the time and I owed her some money and I knew where, and I hadn't been on the and I knew where she slowed to be. Yeah, she snuck in just for the last two minutes. With her workshop she was taking with the money, that on the back, I'll get her at the end. And she said something in that, in that 10 minutes I was there and I was like, I didn't that. It was a real light bulb. But yeah. Then I knew it wasn't anything new, but I'd never, I'd really just gotten still or I hadn't done it or didn't do it well enough. And I was like, oh, that's right. And to this day, now I can't even remember what it was. But yeah. at the time, I was like, oh, yes. And that was why I always say, you know, one light bulb moment at a conference and you're doing mm-hmm. like really well. Yeah. And they sometimes come from the place you're not expecting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I've just recently done the adaptable, which tries to do adaptables at Queensland. I think if not late, saying yes to every opportunity. Staying open to every opportunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe go to yes to, oh, I had a new answer yes to everything I wrote like. <laughs> that was crazy, and it was like I had eight books back. That was madness. Oh, uh, madness! But, it, but it's also because, and the reason I mean that was like you never know what most some of these things that you say yes to. Mm. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Favorite book or writing related podcast? If you do listen to any, I actually listen to quite a podcast. I know because I'm all the big, so I listen to quite a few podcasts. So there's a category of fully romance pod that interviews category romance authors. So. That's great. It's the people talk about their books. The, these are Canary Romance fans with that little guy that runs it. And they ask about they to put them to the book, but also they talk to hear about how all this process and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And as far as girls' podcasts, which is a different podcast, three or four, maybe self published authors talking about self publishing stuff. And they do a lot of the books of the And they did it really nice. Bold stuff. Lately, I'm going to tune into that one. Sounds good. I really like Michelle Barraclough's The Writing Book Club podcast because the book is explored with the writer of the book, but you're, it's assumed you've read it. So yeah. you delve much more into craft. You so yeah. kind of spoilers, yeah. Yeah. spoilers are fine and it's interesting. And as far as crime, bad, a battle about crime, they interview international and Australian authors and they talk a lot about craft and they talk about that process. And I, so I find that very interesting. 
And then there's the Writers Detective Bureau, who is an American, I think he might be retired now, but an American cop, but he does all sorts of discussions around law enforcement and procedure and psychology of cops. And so it's quite an interesting podcast to delve into. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sounds good. And just to finish up, Will, your top tip for writers, eh? I thought you said it's free. My mm. top tip for writers. Which is why I particular genre is something where read everything you can like in the epic modern, not like from 1960. That's not going to help you. Yeah. Just read. Yep. Great. Embrace feedback rather than reject it because it's really easy to reject stuff. And I think someone, if someone's raising something with you, a, a, a critique of something to in your manuscript, it, you've, they've, you've raised a question in their mind. So you need to answer that and whether it's often a lot easier than you think it is, but if you reject it straight out, you won't ever do that. Mm. Yeah. That's been my biggest learning curve. It's just going, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I don't want to let's, or I suppose published, I got a letter from Harlequin with revision due on previous manuscripts and I was like, you don't understand my book. We're not doing any of this. I was like, so I take it, just take it a bit running, right? Like just a little bit of incredible. So then of course it was rejected. So once the next book in, I don't know, still a kind of edit letter. I was like, all right, yeah, well, this year we're going to do <laughs> because the life on it didn't work. So I just did everything in that. You know, again, there were things that I was like, yeah, I definitely agree with this. And now I'm more with your right eye. There's ways that you work with it. It's too. But so I was like, yeah, I just did everything that I wanted me to do. And I'm like, but if I call for London. So, uh, right. Yeah, you just helped to rest me Yeah. Thank you very much, ladies, for your time. But before we go, could you give us a quick blurb on your latest release? Okay, it's The Good Mother. I only have one release. I would take the author. Um, so it's a thriller about a divorced Australian soccer mum of three and it's about how far she'll go to protect her children when two men from Northern Ireland, both connected to her past, uh, hunt her down. One of them is a, an obsessive cop who is convinced she's keeping secrets from her time as an aid worker in the 1990s in Belfast and the other's an IRA executioner who threatens the lives of the children unless she does exactly as he does. I'm a fair part of Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing it right now and it's... Yeah. Print, audio, and ebook. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Good matter. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Hey, we'll book around next week. Yep. Yep. Next, there's Starbucks Sensation, which is uh, like the rules of the medical. I haven't been Oh, well. Oh, yes. I've got another one out after all this time. And it's an outback. Certainly, obviously, there's Starbucks Sensation. It's an outback Queensland. It's like a planned off board. Right. Listener in the middle of the street. I'm a fish out of water. She's running away from <laughs> She's running away from, from love. I can't really. Yeah. Sounds sad. Just noting that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Amy and Ray, and enjoy the conference. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for the first Talking Aussie Books, Rights for Women, Romance Writers of Australia collaboration. Thanks so much to Amy Andrews and Ray Cairns for joining me on this podcast. And a huge thank you to Claudine Tanellis of Talking Aussie Books for suggesting this collaboration and organising so much of it. It was great to talk to Ray and Amy. And if you tune in next week to Talking Aussie Books, one of the episodes that you'll find is Claudine talking to Maya Linnell and Karina May at the Romance Writers of Australia Conference in the second episode of this collaboration. So I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, 
Please write a review wherever you get your podcasts and you'll also find the backlist of Talking Aussie Books and Rights for Women there. So it'd be great if you could tune into those episodes and share the love around too. Make sure you let your writing friends know about the podcasts and hopefully you'll tune in next week and continue to listen to the episodes. Have a great week, happy reading, happy writing and thanks for listening.